Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurbs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David E. And welcome to episode 82, season 5, episode 2, entitled When It Rains, It Pours, originally airing September 30th, 2010. David, if you would, please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Now that she's dating Kara, Liz has a newfound innate confidence that randomly attracts other men to her. To get the editing bay on the side of the TGS show, featuring guest star Paul Giamatti of Billions. <laughs> and other things. And other things. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Jack and Avery are gearing up for the son of their birth. And when Jack realizes that he won't be around for a big chunk of his life, he decides to make a series of videos to help guide him through. Also, it's almost time for Angie to be in labor, and Tracy absolutely can't miss the birth this time, so he relies on Grizzin.com to make sure he gets to the hospital on time. But when he goes rogue during a fiery drill, he has to get through the cash cab to make it to the hospital on time. And finally, Kenneth just can't tear himself away from 30 Rock and shows up secretly to make sure that things keep running smoothly. No, um, I, I mean, this is a super funny episode for me. Like, there's a lot, there's a couple lines in here that still run through my brain, just apropos of nothing on a daily basis, like uh, her having corn in her teeth and being proud of it, uh, the Donish, the Donish, like, Paul Giamatti screaming Donish Trump. For whatever reason, that just is so funny to me because I guess it's so over the top. And they're like a room apart from each other. We'll talk more about it later. They're like a room apart from each other, but he's screaming it. <laughs> Because he's trying to keep it low key, but she's like right there; she can hear all of it. Um, uh, there's just this felt like a season opener to me, rather than last week's episode. Like this was funnier. This was uh, a tighter episode, I think. Uh, just, I mean, they could have opened with the childbirth, uh, Liz's newfound confidence in herself, all of the Jack and Avery announcement stuff. Like that, that all felt like a season season opener rather than the second episode of the season for me. But. Yeah, that makes sense. Although I think you have to have Matt Damon there, That's and the storyline doesn't necessarily lend yeah. to him being there. So it's like I can see what. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, but it's like you know, like when you have like a big guest star like that, like you you have to have them, I guess. So that so that's why yeah. they couldn't really do, I guess, her storyline until this episode. But um, you're right, though. I liked it. It was a good episode. No, I mean, I think like you could have still done it without the Matt Damon character, or at least have like a quick cutaway of showcasing him uh, rather than. I don't know. Just, just last week's episode was so weak for an opener. I, I guess, but this I, was a stronger episode to be like because we like Jenna already basically does all the exposition from the last season anyway. That yeah. you're getting catcalled because you're confident now because you're in a relationship and everything's going great with that person. So it's like we didn't need last week's episode to expand on that. I mean, we did for character growth, I guess, but it still could have been done in this episode and just just switch the two. Yeah production order but anyway that's true you're talking great but i guess i was thinking more from like the network marketing perspective like no, we're gonna yeah. spend so, a few weeks like oh course, yeah. so it's like yeah it's the, better the premiere is more important that you need that yeah. big number i get it but it's still it's just like in yeah. storytelling this is a stronger opener i think anyway um no i know i think paul, paul like paul giamatti is not an actor i know too much about like i've seen a few films here and there with him in it but i know he's just sort of kind of like has his I don't want to say typecast, but he's that very curmudgeonly type of character most most often when I see him. He's very, he's usually the down and out guy. He's never really playing the hero. He's more just kind of like the buddy sidekick kind of character, but he does it really well. And I think he does a fantastic, I wish we'd kind of seen him more throughout 30 Rock, but I think his role in this episode was fantastic of just, I don't know, like this he's essentially the Liz no well, I guess Don is the Liz of the editing bay but I don't know he just has something about him that he has a very good character here that it's like alright that's a fun one off character and they got Paul, Paul Giamatti kind of perfect for that role to, to do it and I think he did a fantastic job with it like the scene where they're having their breakup and the small touches of him like because they rehearsed it him like lip reading along with her to make sure she's telling the story right it's just it's just salt touches like that it's like oh this is really good this is really well done i don't know if you could have, i mean i'm sure you could have gotten another actor to do it but i think with paul giamatti it works because he's he's played a lot of roles where it's kind of like skeezy scumbag you know so i think he works for this yeah and then the tracy stuff is fun again if that were in the season opener i think it would have had more impact too 
But yeah, that's true. Childbirth storyline does feel like a season premiere. It's either line. it's either premiere or finale. It's not necessarily yeah. like what well, was Tracy's storyline last week again. That's not a good sign. Um, <laughs> his was dealing with the loss of Kenneth. Oh, they that's could, right. Again, they could have done right. that in the second episode. Yeah, that's right. But anyway. I, it's and just such a small, yeah, it's just right. a small hang up. But it's like, man, this could have been such a stronger episode to open with. But I guess Sherry Shepard just doesn't have the same star power as Matt Damon. So. Well, not quite. <laughs> not quite, no. Um, and then the Jack and Avery stuff is fun, too. Um like there, there's some good, some of those good teachable moments. I mean, it's it's brief, but like Tracy saying, like you can't, you can't train for the unexpected kind of thing. So you can make all of these videos, and it doesn't really mean anything in the end because you could have planned for ninety nine point nine percent things, and there's that still small zero one percent that well, you just cannot prepare for kind of thing. Also, I like how Jack implies that Sting is immortal, or at least will live for a long time. I must have missed that. You have to point that out to me. Yeah. Well. Because I mean, I remember his joke is about Sting shows up to your wedding. Right. He'll, he'll insist on singing police cover songs yeah. in a jazz medley. But so I'm saying, if well, I'm, right. So I guess I was saying that if Jack is not going to be, I mean, alive by the time his wedding, his son's wedding happens, and Sting is alive and oh, and to perform, he's, he's either immortal yeah. or he's going to live a very long yeah. time. And well, that tantric sex probably. Happens. That's true. <laughs> and that's that's fun. Yeah. Well, and we also get. Um, some more clues about Kenneth's immortality because that's true. We see him packing up some stuff that says I think from like 1947 and 1956 and collectibles and stuff that he's that he's picked up in his life. He's been leaving and reapplying to the bottom of the page department and rising <laughs> through the ranks cyclically for yeah. the last yeah. sixty or seventy years, eighty, who knows how long yeah. since there was an NBC. Yeah. Um, what did he do before there was television? Uh, radio? Uh, what do you for those radio? <laughs> newspaper, I guess. I don't know. Uh, any other thoughts on when it rains it pours before we hop in? Let's hop in. So the cold open is basically going to set up Liz's storyline. Um, and it's going to have a fun little... At the time, we didn't know we would see this person again. But uh, Mikey from uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I guess sort of typecast. Also playing a construction <laughs> also worker. Also playing a construction worker. But this time, a, a sensibly straight. Seemingly straight. Well, he started off straight and on Michael Kitty Schmidt, too. That's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's giving the cat calls. And they do some fun, albeit kind of trite at this at this point, of uh, censoring instead of just bleeps. They're all muted, uh, uh, I guess, by the Jack camera work. Anyway, it's a fun bit. is back and Jenna is what would be the right aphorism because when it rains it pours is I don't know that's not quite right right uh, and I guess like one man like all of a sudden plenty men so it sort of makes sense but like it seems like there's something that's more appropriate yeah. that she's not using but I can't think of what that is it's probably one of those things on the tip of your tongue kind of situation yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about um no, it, that is applicable, but it just doesn't feel right for this situation. Yeah. Anyway, after the uh, opening, we come back. Well, we go to Jack's office, and Jack and Avery are sharing the news of the gender of their baby. 
Hello, Javery. Time saver. Lemon, we have news. By God, I created man. We're having a boy. That's great. Congratulations. Think about it, Liz. Every woman my boy dates will get compared to me. And they will be found wanting. He's very lucky to have you as his mother. I'll tell you why he's lucky. He's got an old dad. I'm sorry? I had an old dad. It was awesome. I could get away with anything. This is just what I need to store my rock collection. Lemon, I'm not an old dad. 50 is the new 40 for men. 50 is still 60 for women. Whatevs, Tony Randall. Whatevs indeed, because that makes you Jack Klugman. Damn, I'm a writer, I'm messy, I'm a lovable curmudgeon. That is solid. Advantage, Donaghy. Rundowns are already out. I can't believe how smoothly everything's going without Kenneth here. I know. Do you remember my tattoo mishap? It was supposed to say peace, but they wrote White Hooker instead. I forgot I was getting it removed today, but someone slipped a note on my door to remind me. Well, no one could ever replace Kenneth, but these new kids are getting it done. So we get a fun little odd couple reference in there. Easy to miss. Did they reboot that recently on CBS, right? Did it? Is it still going? Or no, it got canceled. Uh, it, it ran for like a few seasons, right? I want to say uh, two or three. It's been it's been off. It's, I think it's been off a few years now, though. But. It, it had, uh, what's his name in it? Uh, yep. Thomas Lennon, and I, I'm not sure the other gentleman that was... Uh, it was, was the the messy guy because I know Thomas Lennon was playing the I guess Tony Randall character Matthew Perry of Friends the Matthew Perry led reboot has been cancelled after three seasons it was Matthew Perry and Thomas Lennon Thomas Lennon yep Matthew Perry really yes. you know who else was on there someone uh, from Community Ooh, uh, Danny Pudi? Yvette Nicole Brown. Oh. Actually, if, if I remember correctly, that's actually what she left Community to do because she was taking care of her father. And it was, since uh, it was a multicam, it was a lot less, like, a lot less work. I guess she, she didn't, you know, it, it doesn't need as much work or filming or whatever, so um, she didn't have to be on set as much. So. Hmm. I did not. I mean, I knew she left Community because she was, I think she left after she was five or four I that show is kind of a mess in terms of its production but yeah uh, oh okay well yeah I don't care to watch that I mean is it was it CBS sitcom so right. you can unless it's, probably have a good idea of the general vibe yeah. I'm pretty sure there's some homoerotic jokes and homophobic jokes at the cost of cast of one character seems like a safe bet Although 2015 to 2017 or 18, so probably, but well, probably not as like because yeah, like that's true. I feel like if Thomas Lynn is playing like the the straight, you know, everything must be clean character. There's that stereotype that gays are clean. So I'm sure Matthew Perry had a snide remark about, and it's two guys living in an apartment together. So that's crazy. That never happens. Well, you know, that's America for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wonder, I guess that just doesn't, it's just not as appealing as it was in the 50s and 60s of, of being a, a show that people are that interested in, I guess. I don't know. And there's some fun visual jokes here, too, with Kenneth playing the, I guess you'd say, like, the Phantom of the Opera style of, like, constantly hiding his face and yeah. running about in the background and stuff like that, of keeping everything running clean. The Phantom of 30 Rock. Phantom of uh, 30 Rock, yeah, it's much better, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, and I mean it's pretty obvious what's going on from the beginning, right? Because I mean, yeah, it's not a surprise. Yes, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, what, I mean, as soon as Jenna says like someone slipped a note on my door, it's, it, I mean, it, it seems like there, there's no other pot. I mean, you know, I mean, they're they're, they're totally foreshadowing. Like, yeah. there's, there's no other thing it could possibly be, right? Yeah, I mean, just after the setup of last week and the clear appearance of the character, and they they sort of clumsily hide it and reveal it anyway, like the next time we see Kenneth, because mm. when they do the fire alarm, oh, that's like, right. he he's not hiding his head that well, so you can just see that it's him. Yeah. So like the, when the reveal comes, or when we know who it is, it's like, oh, well, oh. it just sort of cements it. It doesn't really like surprise us kind of thing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Liz gets some news about Tracy werewolfing himself, and we see the entourage all together again. So we haven't seen them because Grizz and .com haven't been together in a while. 
we saw Grizz and Dotcom at the wedding, but I don't think... That was only two episodes ago, right? Yeah, but still, it's very rare for them to not be together as a whole. But they're keeping Tracy inside so he doesn't miss the life of that. I miss the birth of his daughter. Liz, Tracy will not be coming out of his dressing room today. Oh, come on, what now? A werewolf for myself. Sure. You know when a dude knows he's going to turn into a werewolf and locks himself into a jail? Well, I'm embarrassed to say I've missed the birth of both of my sons for very legitimate reasons. Cooking a French bread pizza and forgot. So I promised Angie I will not miss the birth of our daughter. She was due yesterday, so we're not taking any chances. Grizz is guarding the other door. And reading. Also, we took Tracy's cell phone, his wallet. And my mood ring. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're going to be there for Angie. Good for you. And good for you, Liz Lemon. There's something about you lately. Make me want to put my feet in your mouth. Did you catch the book that... Uh, no, I didn't. I was trying to, but it would move... What was it? Uh, I'm pretty sure Elaine Stritch's character was reading the same book in there. Oh, the... Uh, 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 the the follow-up to a Kevin Grisham novel. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be the other one, the one that Jack's father wrote. No, it's Urban Fervor. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I really love that line, uh, Tracy... They took my mood ring, and I don't know how, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's such a good Silly. line. It's so good. Uh, meanwhile, up in the writer's room, uh, Pete mentions um, to Liz that they still haven't got their tapes back for their opening credits, and she he doesn't want to deal with editing, so he's forcing her to do it. It's your turn. What? Editing hasn't sent up the title sequence yet, and it's your turn to go down there. God, I hate how much power they have over us. Who do they think they are? Mommy and her sisters? Jeez, calm down. They know we need them, so they torture us. How's it going? I'm done, actually. <laughs> okay, you know what? I will take care of editing from now on. Really? Yeah, I'll go down there, turn on the new Liz Lemon charm, a little Julia Roberts laugh. <laughs> What's in your teeth? Corn. Seventy, Lemon. I will be 70 years old when my son graduates prep school. Oh, come on. Is this about my old dad thing? I was joking. Will I even be there for his first subpoena? Will I ever experience the father-son bonding of realizing you are both at the same masked orgy at a castle? I will be senile or dead for the better part of my child's life. Am I pulling this off? I cannot escape death, Lemon. But I will cheat it. Whatever happens to me, I must find a way to speak to and guide my son, even from the grave. This is a test of the fire system. Please evacuate the building. You coming downstairs? And stand outside in a crowd like some Italian? I don't think so. You know, as floor fire marshal, Kenneth always ran the fire drills. Who's doing it now? One of the new kids, I guess. This is a fire drill. All NBC employees exit to the plaza. I, again, that that corn, that line is so funny to me. I don't know why. I guess it's her confidence. She's so confident it? about yeah. it. It doesn't even matter what she has yeah. in her teeth. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just that read is so good. But I, I think Liz is pulling off the cowboy hat. For her, with what her hair is, I think it, it works for her. Like if her hair was shorter, I don't think it would be as nice but no she's she's doing it she's pulling it off good job kiss fm yeah 97 uh something or other jam yeah <laughs> so meanwhile tracy and grizz and com go downstairs and tracy is afraid he's going to get lost in the shuffle um and he does unfortunately because he lets go for one second um so he's and then as soon as he does of course uh angie calls to let Grizzly.com know that she's in labor and .com does a good job of uh, phoning a French accent to get it is French, right? French, yeah. French yeah to get out of the the news but they're on to the get out of the news to, I mean yeah to avoid the issue I guess uh, so meanwhile uh, Jack is recording his video diaries for his unborn son and Liz heads down to the edit room to meet with the editing crew Richie and Donna and Ray, I think. Um, but there was a quick cutaway uh, when we first were introduced to the editing crew of Pete showing when he goes down there how he's treated. And it's 
it's so mean where <laughs> Richie throws his food at Pete and just met like it's like Chinese food or something just messes up his shirt and just laughs at him like he doesn't even fall. <laughs> it's just so mean to him. Poor Pete, he's just getting his clothes stained all over the place. Yeah, and not everyone, not every day his neighbor dies that has the exact same fit as him. Uh, but Liz is. Really- Do you think he? Well, I guess we'll, well, we can discuss that when we get to that scene. Do you think he dumpster dives or? No, I say, do you think he murders them oh. or just waits for them to die? Oh, that would be a fun little subplot. Uh, but anyway, Liz heads down to the editing room and uh, turns a new leaf on Richie and them. What? What's up, Edit Seven Gang? Richie, Donna, Ray, Dave? Split the difference, but keep the music where it is. What are you guys working on? Piece for the Today Show about how next month is October. Islanders, huh? So, you think they're going to end up trading France and Finn? Who, Matt Molson? They should. I'm better than that clown. So you play? Do I play? I go to Islanders fantasy camp every year. You must be a strong skater. Well, I can't go backwards, but yeah, I'm good. Were you in the army? Oh, <laughs> no, better. Civil War reenactor. Kind of an expert at getting shot by uh, smoothbore firearms. You know? Like, <laughs> Southern gentleman. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Richie. <laughs> yeah. Cool hat, by the way. Hey, uh, you know what? Let's switch to the other deck. I forgot I gotta get those TGS titles done for Lizzie. They're both so goofy. They're so, so over the top. Like, it's her Julia Roberts laugh is just too much, but his faux death of playing in the competitive it's just uh, uh, southern gentleman so, southern gentleman <laughs> I love the little applause <laughs> yeah, there's just so many good line reads in that like her like intro, like saying hey to everybody but she's not sure of the third person and she's like red it's like she's trailing off so it's like I may have gotten close I don't know and then when she's like talking about hockey she's like France and friends and like mumbles through it so it's like if you're not paying attention, you assume I said the right. It's just so, so, so good of reads there. It's, it's a lot of fun. But I think they, I mean, it's Paul Giamatti, I guess. He's at this time, I mean, sort of built up his career in, in Hollywood of being that guy. So, I mean, of course, he's a good actor. But um, do you have too, too much familiarity with him? Um, well, I mean, he's sort of a character that's popped up in a lot of random roles and like guest roles here and there. I guess the. <laughs> most prominent recent thing i've seen him was private life that netflix movie with katherine hahn that um it was actually pretty good it's about i, I think I, I saw it it's, <laughs> no, it's about a couple that's trying to conceive i think and also they 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 like for a summer or a season or something like they take in it's like a niece or something to stay with them who's like either late high school age or early college age. Anyway, it's basically just like a slice of life, like Manhattan drama, but it's, it's, it's really, it's really, excuse me, really well written and really well acted. And it's one of those movies that I think Netflix snapped up to try to make into like an award season player, but they had so many that okay, they could awesome. only, I, I, I think it was the same as Rome a year, if I'm not mistaken. So that one, I think they had something else that took up a lot of their energy. So that's an end of, like, I think like it did like independent spirit awards type stuff. But anyway, it's on Netflix and it, it's pretty good. So I would recommend it. I see, that's probably the biggest thing I've recently seen him in. I tried to watch Billions, which has been on for like something like six seasons or seventeen. I don't know. It's been on a while now. So he's 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 like one of the leads on that. So I try to watch that, but like I just I just can't. Like to me, it's like it's very similar to Succession on HBO, but like Succession is like the prestige version, and Billions is like the I don't know. Like it's it seems it seems like mean to say lowbrow, but it's kind of like that they're both in like the kind of like the financial media like high-end business whatever but it's yeah. like hbo plays it for like prestige and like satire and it's really good but billions is just like the writing was just like too too much camp and melodrama in a way that i didn't like so it's, i can uh, get into it like i i i haven't seen billions but it looks to me like it's hbo wanted to do entourage again but less skeezy if that makes sense like entourage has always had like this 
air about it of it's just being like dudes being totally shitty people and getting away with it whereas billions is like yeah but it's in a corporate setting and they're a little bit more self-aware but they're still kind of shitty people just out for themselves trying to make well i think it's more of a drama as opposed to like entourage was just like a straight-up comedy so like i think i think it's supposed to be like a sort of like a business corporate thriller slash drama yeah i don't know every ad i've seen made it seem like more of a comedy than a drama but I mean that's just advertising. It's just yeah. that could have been one sec that they were trying to sell it on that I saw. It, yeah. But anyway, a lot of people like it, but it's not for me. Yeah, um, yeah I mean other than, I guess that's recently that's what I think of the most. I know he was in like that that big John Adams HBO miniseries a while ago now mm-hmm. that he got like a lot of attention for. Mm-hmm. But I think the first thing I remember seeing, I think when I guess was his real big breakout role was in uh, Howard Stern's Private Parts. He was playing. Uh, I think he was a radio producer. He, I mean, he, he was in the radio where I'm pretty sure he was the producer for the show. And he was sort of, the, I guess, the antagonist of the film where he played the role of uh, basically you can't say this, you can't do this kind of thing. So like anytime Howard Stern and his, his crew were told they can't do this, he was the character they were making fun of kind of thing. Uh, one of the more, uh, I guess, memorable moments was he has a very, he's like, when you're introducing the radio station, you have to say WNBC. You have to put the emphasis on the NBC. So then they have a whole bit on their show of like, yeah, our producer comes in and tell me how you have to say it. So he's like, it's WNBC. So they get this whole thing of them mocking him, and he's not quite in on the joke. So he's like taking offense to it. They, they're like, well, in our defense, we weren't saying anything wrong. We weren't making fun of you, and we didn't call you out explicitly. So it's them saying like, we're pushing buttons, but we're not making fun of anyone uh, explicitly so it's like you can't get mad at us because we're just making entertainment but like that sort of was his big breakout role being like the big loud uh i guess sort of asshole boss character and so he's, he's done that a lot i guess like he also had like a resurgence uh in like sideways which is oh that's right that's right about like that. he had a big uh yeah. resurgence with that and he's but he's just been in a ton of things over the course of the yeah. last two decades three decades really uh, but yeah, um, I didn't even know he was in Billions, honestly. Like just because I mean, it's not a show that I really follow, but I could see him absolutely fitting in that world, though. Like it makes sense for, just from the roles that I've seen him in. He he would play that really well. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I got nothing against the guy. I mean, I think he's everything that I've seen him in. I I'm not like ugh, Paul Giamatti. So I'm like, all right, Paul Giamatti's there. I know he's gonna do a good job. But yeah, he's a talented dude. Hurrah. And I think he does, I, I, he carries that into this character as well, being like skeezy, just guy. Like, I mean, he has some racial tension, obviously, with wanting to play a confederate, happily playing a confederate soldier and having music that you should not play around black people kind of situation. Um, Yikes. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not great. Um, but anyway, Tracy to make his way to the hospital where Angie's giving birth, he gets into a cab, and it turns out to be Cash Cab. Uh, but we'll play more of those bits uh, as the episode goes on, because this is more just the introduction of what it is. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Liz bumps back into Richie, who provides him provides her uh, with their tapes, as well as some additional information and, and, and gifts. Your main titles, my lady. Ha! And this is a CD of some Civil War songs I thought you'd like. It's very authentic. So don't play it around your black friends. Well, thanks, Richie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Wow, this is a nice hug. Two becoming one. Hmm? <laughs> Bam! Blah! <laughs> uh, what the hell, Liz? I thought Richie was lying. You know, if you wanted to cheat on Carol with an Italian dude who smells like cigarettes, I've made it very clear I would flip over my futon for you. Not cool! What is he talking about? Okay, it's not a big deal. Richie has just been telling the crew that you two are sleeping together. What? Your new vibe is a double-edged sword, much like the kind Mickey Rourke tried to kill me with. Great! So that's what I get for being happy, for being nice and rocking a cowboy hat that a KISS FM DJ once called a sweet lid? But you can't say anything to him. Are you kidding me? If you do, he'll take it out on TGS, on us. I'll be here waiting for Edis till four in the morning when I should be at home. 
which is the name of a bar I found near the train station. I'm sorry, you want me to just take this for the team? Please, you know we can make our lives a living hell. We all make sacrifices, Liz. I had to be at work this morning at 11 o'clock. Fine. Oh, you got sauce on me. You know, neighbors who wear my exact size don't die every day. There's a lot in that scene. What do you want to start with? I choose to think he murders them. Yeah, I think that would be a fun subplot. Um, so that's the first... Uh, I'm 99% sure that's the first Mickey Work reference that's going to carry through the end of the series mm-hmm. with Jenna having some sort of relationship with Mickey Work. Yeah, you know, he's the one who was in The Wrestler, right? Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's someone else I mix him up with whose name I can't remember, but it's similar no, anyway. No, I do the same thing. I get him and someone else mixed up. And they don't look alike. They don't. I, they've never been in the same movie, but I can't think of who it is I mix him up with. But yeah, Mickey works the one that's had a lot of facial reconstruction. Okay. And yeah, it was in the rest. Of, did you watch the rest? Of, did you? You didn't watch. It. I haven't seen no. it. It's good. I think you would like it, even yeah. if you don't like the. Kind it has of Amy Adams, movies. right? Yeah, I think that's his daughter. Yeah, I think she plays his daughter. But no, it's a good film. Um, even for someone who doesn't I mean I like wrestling but even for yeah. someone who does not like wrestling because it's not about the wrestling it's about a character who is in the very independent scene and has been doing it for 30 years and needs to give it up but can't because it's the only thing they know and things like that but it's mm. a good look at that world uh, and it's the same director that did Black Swan oh Aronofsky um, Aaron, yeah did Aronofsky. Aronofsky yeah yeah. so I mean he's, he's I got like most of his I even liked Mother which is <laughs> yeah I thought yeah I mean I think that's a not a hot take to say you like Mother, but I think yeah. it's an unpopular opinion to say you like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I do, I do have a feeling that's the sort of movie that down the line, like 10 or 20 years when most people have forgotten about it, like it'll, it'll, was, it'll be, yeah. it'll be looked back on better than it was received at the time. Yeah. But, um, speaking of the wrestler, is that, that's the one that Melissa Leo was in, right? Yeah. Because I think that's when she won the Oscar and like she had that iconic, like, so bad it's good like self-funded oscar campaign where she took out four-year consideration ads like herself in the trades and had her like she's like wearing like this glamorous sparkly dress and like posing like it like a really like campy angle or something i like i that's that, that's all i think of now when i think of melissa leo is like her like it was it was just, like consider her and her just like pose like this really hilarious just like it was all self-funded like it was just yeah <laughs> what are you doing, Miss Leo? She really wanted that Oscar, and it well, it so worked that out. That one's better. That's... That one's yeah. It's still it still is a little silly it's though. Subtle, but that would be no, especially right? especially that one with the black dress. That was the one I was yeah, thinking of, where she's she... like kind of like leaning forward and like like it's like she's trying to show yeah. off cleavage, but she's not showing her cleavage. It's so so what are you? All right. Yeah, that was like. I would say this thing was made fun of. Like nowadays, it would be mean oh, I'm to sorry, death. That was for the fighter. Oh, okay. That's the one with Christian Bale. Oh, okay. I think wrong. No, yeah, no. I think um, I think you were right the first time. Amy, Amy Adams is his daughter, and I'm pretty oh, sure okay. he has a a romantic relationship with someone in that movie. Gotcha. But it's not her. Okay. So okay. the sorry, the fighter, not the wrestler. I'm, it I'm was one of those up. the movies. The, and, like and there was the fighting movies. and some sort of yeah. hand to hand combat involved. Yeah, I'm pretty so sure. So I wasn't totally. I off. think that's Christian Bale and what's his name from Gladiator. Russell Crowe. Russell, I think that's okay. who's in that movie. Uh, but all right, Michelle Leo, you go. Hey, she it worked. So interesting. It did work. Yes, good job. Um, let's say so. Like Donna, as she does in most episodes, just kind of like is silently in the background, snapping numb, and she's giving very strong Beverly Goldberg energy and like her styling. It's like it's like oh, she's like yeah. like not 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 in in attitude and talking because. That that character obviously is very like uh, 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 ebullient, but yeah. but like in terms of what she's wearing, it's like eighties tracksuit, same hair. Like yeah. I'm wondering if that's some sort of inside joke. Like do like do editors dress like it's the eighties or something? Like I'm because I'm, I'm I was trying to figure out if that was just like one of those like inside jokes. But anyway, but I mean she looked yeah, but I mean she looks exactly like the Beverly Goldberg. That's what I kept getting oh, on the screen. That be. I wonder if there's been a sh- I mean, there has to have been at this point a, a show pitched about like editing in a TV production yeah. and I don't know how interesting that could be down the line like for a long running show but I feel like that's a world that's not really explored that much in in most TV because maybe it's maybe it's too dull but then again you would think the writing process might be dull and even the Thirty Rock's not so yeah. much about the writing anymore and wasn't really from the beginning but I don't know. I feel like that's one of yeah. the few avenues that just hasn't been really tapped I, into yet. Yeah, I guess I feel like you have like 
classic films, I guess I'm thinking of like broadcast news and network where the where the editing bay and like the production whatever room is like prominently featured, even though it's not necessarily about them. Yeah. Maybe right. I guess I can't think of like a the to, focus is yeah, on those people. I feel like it would have to be a part, not a yeah. not the full focus. That's that's how um, that would be best best played. Yeah, it, it maybe it can't fully carry a show, so it has to be part of a. I mean, it probably could if it. Would, I mean, it, I guess everything comes down to like how it's written. I guess like anything That's could true. be a plot, yeah. but me, I mean, you, you're right. Like, I'm sure there's no way there's ever been a pilot or like scripts about that. It's just that maybe nothing has ever been. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no network ever actually ordered it, or if it did, it just, it's not something that lasted long. So it's yeah, there, pro- there probably hasn't been enough crossover of a person that was an editor that became yeah. a writer or vice versa, a writer that became an editor that yeah. can can tell that story well enough. Yeah, that is true. That's another thing. Like, there are a lot of books about writers. There are a lot of TV shows about writer, you know, like, yeah. that focuses from the writer perspective because I guess it's, that's the truest whatever of write what you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I guess, like, all right, so let's look at, <clears throat> let's look at, like, the YouTube world, right? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of those people are, they write their own stuff, they produce, they edit their own stuff, so down the line in say 10 years they've left the website or they've left YouTube but they're now in a writing yeah. and editing they might have You're some right. knowledge they could I'm, pass on eventually I'm surprised maybe? it seems like they're right I'm surprised there hasn't been a good satire about a YouTube because like there was that show on Netflix Miranda Sings she was like some YouTube person yeah. who then it like was spun off into a Netflix show that was I think supposed to be like sort of like a satirical like look at the character or whatever that lasted a couple seasons but from what, I mean, I didn't watch it. From what I heard, it was terrible. So, <laughs> but but, but but still, I'm surprised there hasn't right. been some sort of like breakout show about yeah about like a YouTuber YouTube. basically. Well, I guess they're all on YouTube though. I yeah. feel like they, maybe there's like a Disney Channel show or something like oh, seeing a dog with a oh, blog. Yeah, or no, something it's probably that. no, you're probably right. Yeah. It's probably something like that. I guess. Well, I guess I probably technically was, yeah. but that was pre YouTube. So yeah. that's well, no YouTube. No, it was oh, not, was it? Yeah, YouTube? yeah, it was. Okay. It was in it was in YouTube hype. That was okay. what that whole show was about. Was basically okay. people with a blog doing stuff. Okay, so I guess there I guess, has. I guess I was thinking been, of like a, like an adult, right? And a more behind the scenes prestige. Or not even. I mean, not prestige, but a more dramatized yeah. or less comical take on it. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of YouTube yeah. uh, things out there. I don't know, but I feel like YouTube would protect that because. You know, you can't make fun of YouTube too much. It's hot you face or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, back to 30 Rock. Uh, Tracy's in cash cab, and he has to answer as many questions as he can because he's got no money to make it to the hospital. Uh, so he's doing his best to ensure his ride can get him. Well, also because if he answers too many questions wrong, he'll get kicked out of the cab. I thought it was just one. They made it seem like you answered one wrong. I, I'm not sure that oh. it was a cash cap. Is it, is well, it like let's, a restrike? Let's, let's watch the scene and then we'll talk about oh. cash cap. Right. <laughs> sounds like you've seen it. I certainly have. All right. A gift from France to the United States. The Statue of Liberty was completed in what year? Come on, I don't know that. You've got 15 seconds so you're out of the cab. Okay. I remember going to the Statue of Liberty Centennial because that year someone had spread a rumor that she was going to slip out of her toga and I wanted to see some green boobies. And the Mets had just won the World Series because that night I was randomly attacked by a Mets fan that I had through a bottle at. That was 1986. And the centennial is 100 years because centipeding means having sex with 100 women. I got it. 1886. Yes, that is correct. Weighing up to four tons, what type of mammal is the famous Shamu? She is an orca, Benjamin. FYI, they're very difficult to keep in a home aquarium. Right again. I'm coming, Angie. Tell us all about Cash Cab. Oh, I don't know if there's all that much to tell. <laughs> I mean, but... I feel like they've already explained exactly what it is, but yeah, yeah. it's a trivia game in a cab. But yeah. I, I don't think, if I remember correctly, it's you, you get three strikes, <laughs> and then if you get three questions wrong, then you're kicked out yeah. of the cab. Um, so originally, it ran over a decade ago because I remember it was. I remember watching it. I think. It was like high school or college, or like when being home from college on breaks or whatever. So I remember watching it a lot because I mean, I don't know, like I, obviously I love trivia shows. So I mean, it was pretty fun format. Like it was like sort of like had a comedic bent because it got like the host. I don't know if he is a comedian, but he would like you know like 
spar with the riff with the contestants and like you know like do like little jokes and stuff so it was fun to watch but i think they recently rebooted it or not rebooted it, this re revived it because the same host you know same format um a couple years ago i don't know if it's still running but you know i mean you know it's a pretty basic trivia show so it's good to yeah i mean it seems i mean it seems like a, a safe thing like you and your family yeah. could watch because it's yeah. just like harmless goofy yeah Entertainment. Yeah, and I guess around this time was probably I guess it must have been when it was at its most prominent around 2010 or whatever. Yeah, which, yeah. which which makes sense that lines up with when I when I would have thought I would have watched it. So. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, but I like Tracy's logic train of, oh, yes. of figuring out the answer because that's my brain doesn't process that a hundred percent like that, but it is okay. So Paul Giamatti was in this, and like the connections that I make aren't. Are, are, are a very like S-curve kind of way of, of making connection. I, I rarely make a straight line connection. It's always like, oh right, so-and-so was in this and that was in this and that, like the seven, basically like degrees of separation kind of kind of connections is how I generally figure things out sometimes. It's really sad. <laughs> it's not good. No, I mean, <laughs> why? I mean, well, cause being, you should be able to like directly connect rather than having to make a leap to one thing that connects to another I thing mean, that I don't know. To I, guess I feel like a lot of knowledge is that it's just how it's sometimes you make the connections more quickly than others yeah. I don't know I don't know um, it's, it's all good also like the line <laughs> I wanted to see green boobies <laughs> it's so hilarious because like whoever hasn't thought like I don't know like not you know what I mean, you know what I mean? just like I don't know. Like I can see, like this is sort of thing where it's like you. I mean, you're a kid, and someone's like a rumor spreads, and you're like, I want to yeah. see that. Well, exactly. It's like you look at the Statue of Liberty, and it's like you want. I don't know. Oh, you know do what you, I mean, like, do you, oh, that's a good. Did they make it with yeah. breasts, or does it exactly? Just, they like like it's not the sort of thing that you spend a lot of time. But I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's the sort of like random thing that's like crossed people's minds at some mm-hmm. point. So it's like it's sort of that like that really clever line that it's like the sort of thing that everything everyone's probably thought about at some point but like never really like thought about that way just like made it like hilarious How detailed is this <laughs> i heard told me was this so down anyway that was funny and the the line he has of um the mess fan next yeah i was randomly attacked by a mess fan that i threw a bottle at uh, a lot of good lines on this episode so while Jack is uh, d- uh, dispensing his fatherly advice to his, his unborn son through his videos, uh, Kenneth has also been hiding in his office, and he has to give off some dad advice already to Kenneth, saying that he needs to let go and that we don't need him here at 30 Rock and blah, blah, blah. So he sort of pushes him out the door, um, which will come back later in the episode. Uh, but meanwhile, Liz still getting... and That, that, was, another, that was one thing I forgot to mention. That because this is all same day, mm-hmm. so her going to Richie, flirting with him, air quotes, and that news getting around was all within the same day, probably within an hour. So it's like how fast is? I mean, we've talked time? about how time is in the show. Can there have been That's times true. where it's like it seems like some characters have like done something overnight where some character acting like it's the same day and it's just like they, they, yeah. pretty, they play pretty loose with uh yeah that's true time seems to stop yeah. or go really fast with their yeah. so um, but in the same day that she's flirted with Richie she now has to be mean to him but he reveals the truth as to why he spread the rumor about he, about he and her who do you think you are Richie Tomoto Islanders fan and role-playing slave owner I know what you've been saying about me that we're sleeping together you know what, Richie? I'm actually seeing someone right now, and he's never around because he's a pilot. His name is Carol. That sounds really fake. I know how it sounds. And Carol is the reason I was nice to you, because for once in my life, I felt like being nice. Well, I don't care how you punish my show. It's over. I take my hug back. No, Liz, that is not why I did it. Oh, Relo. I meant to say really. I misspoke. Continue. Oh, come in, come in. Liz, are you familiar with the phrase, when it rains, it pours? I don't meet a lot of women. Now, I started doing fantasy hockey camp and civil war recreationism to meet girls, but I don't know where they are. So, yes, when you were nice to me, I took advantage of it to try to make someone else notice. Who? My assistant editor, Donna. Hmm. For seven years, I've been sitting close enough to touch her but a million miles away. I am really sorry that I did what I did, but it's just that I am in love with her. I love her so much. Oh, Donna! Donna Strong! 
I'll make you a deal. So there's a line that we uh, skipped over uh, when Jack is doing his, I guess, memoirs, video diaries, uh, where he says, uh, Carly Simon's You're So Vain. Oh, yes, he wrote You're So Vain. He, he wrote so, You're So Vain. Yeah. Um, but there was, for a long time, because uh, it's a 40, 45-year-old song now. It's, it was in the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that sounds yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, there was no clear who she who the song was about, but the answer did eventually come out in 2015. It was Warren Buffett, right? Nope. Oh. Close, though. It is a Warren. Oh, Warren Beatty. That's what I meant. Warren, not Warren Buffett. That's what I meant. Warren Beatty, the actor. I was not Warren Buffett, the investor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I feel like, though, it was, like, rumored... For a long time that it was about him, so it didn't seem like much of a surprise when it would like yeah. officially. There's a I wouldn't say funny, but there's a good Family Guy joke about it where she's on a talk show, and they're like, "That song, you're so vain. I mean, you know who that's really about, right?" And she goes, "Oh, I know." And then they go to like a thought bubble in her head, and it's just pictures of Don Knotts. Oh. <laughs> like, All right, that's that's a joke. Uh, meanwhile, Kenneth gets a call from Andy that. Uh, she's in labor and he goes off to do the one thing he knows how to do and that's to help her uh, meanwhile Tracy's still in cash cab on his way to um, the, hospital. the hospital thank you the lazy Susan was invented by Thomas Jefferson I know because I'm a descendant of Thomas Jefferson and lazy Susan herself the capital of the United Arab Emirates is Abu Dhabi I know that because if I go back there I'll be executed there are 12 tones in the chromatic scale I know that because I'm a musical genius this is how you throw a punch wait what and the tree was happy Shel Silverstein was a communist and that is the art of camouflage. And this is how you make love to a woman. Huh? Ah! Pull, Angie, pull! <laughs> I knew you wouldn't let me down, baby. Of course not, woman. I'm your husband. Damn it! I gotta go feed the meter. Ah! So, Dr. Spichemin is just all the kinds of doctors. Apparently, he's also a, a, an obstetrician. Apparently, and, uh... he's everything. He's just all over the place. But, I mean, it makes sense for Tracy to have him be his uh, OBGYN, I guess. Um, yeah. Delivery. Yeah. So that reminds me, I just wrapped up the Mindy Project, wherein the main character, Mindy Kalen, plays as an OBGYN. That show was stronger in its first three seasons, and then once it was canceled and picked up by Hulu, it lost something in its it was... comedy and its writing that it was just like... this feels like a different show it's just not the same it is like the strangest run of any show that i can remember because it went through so many cast changes mm-hmm. over the first few seasons and yeah. like could never settle on a tone right then then it made a switch to hulu and then it was like it like its first season on hulu it, it had like like 26 episodes or something mm-hmm. and then it was like i got the feeling that mindy was mindy kaling was either tired of it or ready to move on to other projects it was like all of a sudden it was like it came out it was to be the last season and it was going to be a regular season and like it ended up only being 10 episodes or something last season uh, yeah 26 was the fourth season 14 14 or 16 for this, the fifth season and okay. the last season was, was 10, 10 and I remember that got cut down yeah because it was really supposed to be longer and I got the impression by that point that she was just like ready to move on to yeah. other things so it's like oh, that, that last season is rushed yeah there's, I mean there's like I think in the last episode or the penultimate episode there's a there's a bit where the Jeremy character gets news that his dad dies, so then he feels he's free from his dad, so he starts playing like a Chav character and starts like, above like doing a really oh, yeah, bad yeah. Cockney accent, and that persists for like two or three scenes, and then by the very end of the episode, he's right back to normal, and it's like, oh, I guess that was supposed to be like a multi-episode thing, yeah. and they were like, no, we're just gonna do it and dump it and help you back to normal by the end. Like, it was, Everything just felt really rushed in that. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, her main love interest, Dan, or her baby daddy, spoiler alert, uh, Danny, left in the middle of season four. Yeah, and like, apparently... He didn't want to do it anymore, so, like... But he would show up sporadically the rest of the series. Yeah, and that was really weird, too, because, like, it was like he left, and they were like... It seemed like... I remember it was heavily rumored that there was, like, some weird situation going on that, like... Not that just he didn't want to do it anymore, but, like, also he was, like, apparent, like, the cast, the rest of the cast really like him. Like, he was kind mm-hmm. of a personality that, like, that, like... Clashed. Yeah, that clashed a lot. So, they didn't like him, and it was, like, he went off the show, but it's, like... And it was... The, the, the show... I don't know. The show 
didn't really like act like he was being like it seemed like it had to do like stretching to explain why he wasn't there for a period of time and then like yeah then he would randomly pop up and it was just like I don't know the casting on that show because there there were so many characters in the first season who mm-hmm. like randomly disappeared and then yeah. characters who popped up for a couple seasons here and there and mm-hmm. then like I don't I don't know it was just like yeah it was all over the place I mean I liked it but like it was I think the original title was like it's messy and I feel like that encapsulated that is a good encapsulation <laughs> yeah. that's a terrible title for a show well, that's why it ended mean, up changing yeah the mini project is a better name yeah um, but yeah no it definitely sounds like there was just a lot of production issues of like yeah like you said like she wanted out or she didn't want to do it anymore and yeah but I, I like the end of the show like the casting that it was there like Beverly mm-hmm. uh, Ike Barinholtz's character was fan- like Morgan Tamara yeah that that crew was a lot of fun and I think they had a lot of fun but Ike Barinholtz shows up in like the second or third episodes to be part of the new nurse Beverly leaves after the first episode and then she comes midway through the first season she comes back and then she's sporadic for like yeah. one or two seasons and then she's like back in and then just there's so many changing characters all the time that it's like well don't get attached to too many people because they may not be around and yeah. it's just like and then I remember yeah. the woman I can't remember the actual name who was the receptionist the first season like she oh, left because yeah. she she got cast on the Robin Williams Sarah Michelle Gellar show on CBS mm-hmm. and it was like and she had left because that was I mean seemed like the more secure bet because the mini project first season ratings were pretty low and it was like the new Robin Williams that cut on CBS how is that not going to hit except that got axed after the first season yeah. and like I've never seen that actress since then so it's like if she would have stayed on the mini project she actually would have like yeah. lasted longer so I kind of always like felt bad for for yeah. her because I mean that was I mean that wasn't a bad risk to take you would assume that the Rob Williams show would, would, would be stick you know would be really yeah. successful but yeah yeah anyway yeah. but I think uh, so in this year I've wrapped up and I think they started in the same year the mini project and New Girl mm-hmm. I think they were both they launched the same year like one right after another but I think New Girl is the better show of those two oh yeah I would longevity say so. and, and yeah uh, all that but mini project's not bad it's no just, no it was good I mean it was, it was good stupid. I watched yeah. the whole thing so but uh, yeah, yeah I think six seasons was way too long for that and all the production stuff and even if you're not looking into it you can watch it from season to season there's something you're picking up on of like yeah something's not right here with so many people changing and coming and going and things like that and I was reading into it like apparently she got and they, they did an episode about yeah. it and third season I think but she got a lot of backlash because she was only dating white guys oh that's right for like the first three seasons yeah. and there was people like why is she why is she continuously only dating outside of a race and only white people and so they had like a small little storyline about it and they didn't really answer anything it wasn't necessarily yeah. like a satisfying story but um, I don't know like I guess I see why that's important but at the same time it's like I mean I feel like people would also probably have a problem if she's only dating inside of her race so it's like kind of I don't know. I mean, but I mean, she ended, up, she ended up dating. Oh no, I think she only dated one or two people that weren't white. Because there was uh, what's oh god, what's the Neo Neo in a small arc? She dated Neo for like a couple episodes. Neo the singer. Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember him being. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he was Casey's friend. Oh wow, I don't remember that at all. Casey's at Anders' home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from uh, Workaholics. Workaholics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the reason that really popped into my head yes. during this was when Leo Spichemin's introduced, he um, he makes the joke about, I've already had an epidural, do you want one? And then Kenneth overhears that and says, oh, an epidural isn't the reason you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to feel God's pain. And then it made me think of the um, Brandon character from Mindy Project who plays the doula or the midwife. Mm. And their whole thing is you don't do drugs and you don't use any sort of uh, pain reducers you're supposed to feel all of it and it was like huh all right this is all fresh to me because i watched the mindy project recently oh but anyway that's my review of the mindy project speaking of mindy Kaling, <laughs> yeah well, she's i think something going on, right? i say I, I think you mentioned around the time it came out but the she the the, the newish oh, netflix, netflix, netflix which is really good i actually think you would like it if you check it out i was i i guess I, I wasn't surprised it didn't get any Emmy attention because it's not really an Emmy show, but it's the sort of thing where the quality could have if it would have gotten... I think if Netflix would have campaigned it to be an awards contender, it could have gotten some. So I guess I wasn't expecting actually anything, but still I was kind of disappointed. That it, anyway, it's really good. And it, What's it, it called? Newish? Never Have I Ever. Ah. Yeah. 
ninja. It's just about a coming of age story about a young, basically young Indian girl who um, her father like passes away, mm-hmm. and is Kaylin the writer or producer? She she uh, a showrunner, I think. I don't know. Like she she I mean, she she definitely wrote on it because I think it's it's semi autobiographical, but basically like. The, the opening of it is like her father has died and like she goes to this period where like she do, she doesn't like I don't know how to say it like she's paralyzed like she's not like actually like she's not in action where she's paralyzed but it's like psychologically like she loses the use of her legs oh. or whatever and then it's like the so th- that's what happens right before the show starts and the show starts where it's like she's going back to school and like magically not magically but it's like she's you know I, she's regained the use of her legs or whatever and it's back to school which sounds like it's far-fetched but many kids she said that like it actually happened like she got that from there was a boy she went to school with who that literally happened to like he lost the use of his legs due to like some sort of like just like psych- like trauma and all of a sudden like just randomly like regained back the use of his legs without you know with whatever so hmm. even though it sounds like it might be like a little far-fetched it apparently is something that literally like she directly saw happen okay. so anyway it's basically the start of that school year and she's like this high achieving you know she's not i don't think she's a senior i, don't, I can't remember what year she's in high school but like she, basically she's aiming for like ivy yada yada, right. yada but i assume she's an outcast too sort of yes and no but the basically the plot is like she has a crush on like the most popular boy in school but like ends up actually sort of hooking up with him anyway it, it, it's it's Spoiler it's really good that? not really is it that, coming back for another season yeah it was okay. oh for sure like it was it was the number one show on us netflix for like the week after it came out so. go mindy kaling yes just don't change too many of the cast too often no i i, I feel like this will be more <laughs> i mean this will be more consistent yeah it would be i don't know like <laughs> it takes place in high school so it would be weird if they were unless she like transferred to a new school it would be hard to make right. too many changes without it being really weird yeah Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to 30 Rock. Uh, Richie has devised a plan to get Donna's attention and unfortunately break up with Liz. Oh, hey, Richie. Are we still on for the music concert this weekend? Liz, we need to talk about us. Liz, we've had a lot of fun. End it, why? But I need to end it. End it, why? Without you around, who's going to satisfy my sex needs and then some? Oh, Liz, you'll find someone. No, I won't. Not someone like you. How many guys out there have a fully loaded Toyota Tercel? Or a real pinball machine? How many guys have been to Canada? Twice. Are you doing this to me because I don't share your love of unicorns? Oh, Liz, don't blame yourself. It's my fault. See you in another life, kiddo. I guess some other woman will get to enjoy that waterbed that you're saving up for. What's up, Richie? (laughs) And that's like literally the only word she speaks in this episode. There's times she's just silent in the background. But I mean, she seems like, I guess, like a Liz Lemon type. Yeah. Like stuck in the 80s, unicorn shirt, eating a donut with a brownie inside of it kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, Richie seems like he's stuck in the 80s just with like all of his interests, like hockey and. That's so Civil 80s. War and like waterbeds, like waterbeds weren't. That's true. And yeah. a very relic of the 70s and the 80s kind of yeah. thing. My parents had a waterbed for Mine the too. longest time. Uh, like, not for the long. <laughs> I mean, it was like decades long. Oh. Like it was bad. It was really bad. Mine had, I don't know my parents had when I was a kid, but by the time we moved to Oklahoma, they didn't have it anymore. But I can't remember if they had it the whole time we were in. I mean, they had it from when I was born to let's see uh i mean literally i'm no joke from when i was born through high school they had oh, wow. they had a waterbed uh, it wasn't until we moved to where they are now they finally got rid of it and hmm. they kept the frame and they kept like everything about it they just put a mattress inside of where ah. the waterbed went but it was wow i can't believe they had it for that long hmm. But Tracy has made it to the hospital, and this scene was ad-lib, right? Like this, this, this whole opening the door, like it just feels like this was not written. That it just feels oh. like uh, they were doing it like maybe improv. Yeah, yeah just maybe. the way it, the way it's coming off. Congratulations, we're here, Tracy. You made it, Tracy Joy, hero, husband, diabetic slash alcoholic. Yes. 
Hold on, let me unlock it for you. Am I pulling it right? Just let go of it. Okay. You, you can't, it's still not opening. Stop pulling it. I'm so trying to pull it. You keep saying pull it. Tracy, I'm, pull. I'm pulling on it while I'm hitting the button. What do you want me to do? You yelling at me. You want to make it better. It's not going to unlock. It ain't going to open. Stop pulling it. I'm freaking out. God, what's wrong with it? It's upside down. My bad. Well, Angie, you did it. We did it. I was here for you. Because <laughs> I love you, baby. And I will always be by your side, no matter what Discovery Channel game show stands in my way. I wouldn't have missed whatever just happened here for anything. I don't know what I'll do without you. And I mean it. Why is that baby covered with goop? Because everything about this is disgusting. <laughs> oh, I love that line so much. He's just so over it. Well, it's not wrong. No, it's it's really yeah. One of my favorite, uh, not favorite memories or whatever, but I remember friends uh, when they had a kid. Um, was one of those things like we were watching. I think Knocked Up or something like that, and they revealed the baby. I remember he stopped the movie. And was like, yeah, that's not what a baby looks like when it comes out. Like it's filthy. It's disgusting. And I was like, I know, I don't, I don't need you to tell me that. <laughs> of course, there's movie magic because if you actually show the real birth yeah. and everything, like, yeah, it's gross. Yeah. People poop and you can't it's control everything. Disgusting. You probably rip things. It's just like, yeah, it's the magic, fun. the magic of childbirth is is just that. It's a, it's a hoax. It's not real. Yeah. Also, um, I don't know if this was on purpose or coincidental, but it's funny because. In that scene, there's a whole thing with like Tracy being like pull, pull and push and pull, whatever. And in the scene before, earlier, when uh, uh, oh, what's her name, Angie's in labor, Doctor Simmons says pull, pull instead of push, push. So I wonder if that was like purposely like a reference oh, back to that, know. or if it was just coincidental. But... Oh, probably coincidental. Yeah, but that'd be a fun if they were smart enough to think of that. They could, yeah. they, they, they deserve it. <clears throat> Uh, but after um, Kenneth rushes back to Jack's office to tell him that he is needed there and he's going to go back through the page program from the bottom up. So we're continuing that. That'll be like, I think, his arc long or at least multi-episode long story of him coming back to NBC. Uh, Tracy and Jack sort of bond over uh, Tracy's new daughter and learns that uh, you can't plan for everything. You ready for this, Jackie D? As of today, yes, I made all my videotapes. Explain. I'm not going to be around forever, Tracy, so I recorded advice for every scenario my son could face. Jackie D, you want to make God laugh? Make a plan. Or read a Matthew Berry book. You learn about being old, Jack. You can live forever, but you still can't predict what happens in life. Wait a minute. There's no baby in here. Good God! Oh, she's in the crib. <laughs> Good. Uh, Avery, I'm with Tracy. We're having a damn girl. What? That Russian skank read the ultrasound wrong. Oh, I'm just so worried about her spatial reasoning and upper body strength. Jack, talk me down. I'm having a girl. I hate to say I told you so. So, welcome to Miami. I've got to make new tapes. Are Avery's fears her own? Like, does she fear she doesn't have spatial? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's and... so part. Well, I mean, that's like a, I guess not a stereotype, but I mean, general, I guess that's like a whatever biological trait that women are. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, sort of right projection too that she probably is like mad that she is deficient in those areas or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I also read it. Maybe she was feeling like one is coming. Like maybe the spatial reasons coming from Jack and the weak upper body things can come from her or vice versa. Like. Maybe Jack's facial reasoning or Jack's upper body strength isn't as strong, and um, hers, I don't. I mean, I, I it's probably maybe. her her reflecting on yeah. her own rather than pulling from both partners. But there, there's a fun visual joke of when Tracy thinks he's lost the baby that he just like unfurls <laughs> the the blanket. <laughs> like, if the baby the were in there, it would be dead now. Oh. Jack's reaction is, is is really funny. So uh, that's the end of the episode. Um, the credit scene is going to be Jack re-recording his his video diaries. Unfortunately, because he's a very strong conservative man, he doesn't have much advice to give to a daughter. So he invites in a special guest to help with all of that advice. Donna, no, <laughs> Donna Strong. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's uh, when it rains, it pours. 
Um, I feel I'm like... all wet now. Yikes. No, I mean, I think, no, I, I still stand by this. Is, and this is a really funny episode, um, and it it should have been the season opener. I think it would have just worked so much better. Uh, but anyway, it's still there, so you can still enjoy it. Um, but uh, final thoughts on When It Rains, It Pours. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, I thought I agreed that it was a really good episode. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think from a creative standpoint, it would have it, it was definitely funnier than last week's episode. So it would have it would have been a stronger opening. But oh well. Uh, as always, thank you for joining us on Go to There. If you like what we're doing and rating, reviewing, and all that fun stuff, it's going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you in next week's episode, season five, episode three, entitled "Let's Stay Together." Where local congresswoman uh, basically does a tell-all about NBC's lack of diversity inside of its hallowed walls, and Jack has to defend their diversity practices, as well as Jenna does her best to help Kenneth get back into the page program. Yeah, take us out. See you next time. My daughter. I am John Francis Donaghy. I am your father. If you have the blondness and self-esteem of your mother, you will need no advice. Life will be easy for you. Otherwise, I'd like to introduce you to Elizabeth Lemon. Good afternoon. Let's jump in. Every human has hair on his or her face. Some of us just have more. I think it's nice to occasionally splurge on a straight razor shave. If you're running low on laundry, a bathing suit makes perfectly acceptable underwear. Bandanas are a fun, sexy fashion accessory. This is over. Let me give my reasons. Put potato chips on a sandwich. Why is that baby covered with goop? Because everything about this is disgusting.